Bo, good afternoon, man. Man, good evening, or good afternoon to you too, sir. <laughs> Dude, I know it, it, everything's so crazy. Sometimes it's hard to keep up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting, man. I'm I I, I am uh I, I'm I'm kind of um I'm 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 feeling good today. I'm, I'm I think I think my mind might be a little crazy because I'm actually in like this extremely good mood. Is it five o'clock uh, somewhere, or what? What it, what is the what's the good mood about? <laughs> Did you keep your pipe lit for more than, you know, 30 seconds or what? <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a, we had a rare opportunity, man. My, uh, my, my uh, parents uh, reached out a few days ago and said, Hey, how would you feel if the, the kids came up to Jackson for a week? And we were like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We, we will take that offer. You immediately got in the car and drove them up there. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we called them back to answer while we were like pulling up to the driveway, that, that, that sort of thing. So yeah, man, the kids are in Jackson and uh, we, we actually, if, if we had stopped in Jackson, I would have come by and said, Hey, but we actually met him in Baton Rouge, but no. Yeah. So I've been, uh, we've been enjoying the last few days with uh, kid free, which is Good for y'all. the way to be. Yeah. Sometimes love the kids, <laughs> love my wife even more. So it's been, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you gotta have that break, man. No, that's awesome. Man. Well, I know they're yeah. uh, having fun with uh, with grandma and grandpa. What, what are your What do your kids call your parents? Ruru and Pop. <laughs> Ruru and Pop. Ruru yeah, and yeah, Pop. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I would tell you the origins of that, but I can't tell you that on air. No, that's, I'll have to share that with you privately. That's That's fair. That yeah. I just we're not going to ask any more questions. So that's that's great. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, all right. But this is the thing, though. We've So my wife and I, we've been enjoying kind of some, some time together, but we've also enjoyed kind of getting out and, and exploring Houston because, you know what, we yeah. haven't really had the opportunity to up until recently. Yeah. Here. And so we, we got out and I did not realize this. And this is why I really wanted to share this on the show. There is, John David, a pirate bar right next to my house what <laughs> yeah <laughs> how did yeah. that happen how, how did it, well so that's one of those things yeah. like if i found that out i'd be like well that's why you bought the house you bought in the location you bought because it's next to a pirate <laughs> bar <laughs> i know right i was like how did i not know this was here that's cool so, that's man. The thing. how about that it was yeah there's this like it's like ship looking you know kind of fishing boat styled kind of kitschy looking you know something you'd expect to find in florida type situation yeah, yeah, yeah. Like off the side of the road every time i drive by there i'm like you know what i'm, I'm gonna go by there one day and then of course never having the the ability to do so but yeah so we went there the other day because they said they had oysters and i walk in and i'm like oh my goodness this is not this is not a, a kitschy seafood restaurant this is like straight up an unapologetic pirate bar like this is like <laughs> that that is what these people are after that is what they are doing they're they are not hiding this fact they got pirate paraphernalia all over the place i'm like oh my goodness like how did i not realize this is was here? it like people walking around with peg legs and everybody had scurvy or something <laughs> like, no although I, the scurvy might be the case but right. uh, you but get the no, scurvy no. from eating the oysters right <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no mostly just in the decor and everything well, that's and, cool uh, and it, uh, that's good. Yeah. Let me just put it this way. It, I loved everything about the place except for the food and the drinks, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I'm coming back to like find something here that I like because I want to be sitting on this patio smoking my pipe at the pirate bar in my neighborhood. You, just, you feel like you have to at some point, you know, be, be a fan of it, support the cause and everything. Just, right. You find that right. the, find the one thing on the list you uh, you enjoy. So. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I haven't I haven't in my brief That's interaction hilarious. yet, but I, oh, I'm man. determined, man. Well, great, congratulations, <laughs> man. I, yeah, I look forward to uh, look forward to to going to ye old pirate bar when we uh, when we finally get down to Houston. <laughs> oh, it is 100 percent happening, sir. How are things in Jackson? Man, we're doing good. It is kind of picking up a little bit. It was a busy July for July. Uh, ju- you know, we get in the thick of summer and it gets really hot and everybody's on vacation and everything. And so we always mm-hmm. see a little dip in business around July. But for July, it was it was still good. But um, things are kind of roaring back now. School's about to you know be in session around here, and we got kids going back to college, law school, seminary, all this stuff. And so folks are uh, coming back around the old pipe shop, and yeah, it's just been neat to see that activity, man. A lot of returning friends that are uh, in back in school, also new pipe smokers. It's always fun to you know walk through the whole pipe smoking kind of intro process mm, with the new smoker as they yeah. come into the shop and discover what the what the story is. Man, why does a why does a fifty dollar pipe cost that much? Like you know, where where, where does <laughs> the uh, age old where, question? <laughs> what is this? I know we've had like four episodes on that. You right. know that very question. Like what what is uh you know what bri- you say briar? What is that? Where does the pipe come from? You know how do they make it? What you know the tobacco? Why how is it different from cigarette or cigar tobacco? And you know how do you smoke a pipe? How do you clean a pipe? And all those things. Just fun to walk through some of those things. You know with new pipe smokers and and, and this time of year we get that joy that that treat more regularly. So it's kind of fun but um yeah man things are going good around the old pipe shop i got a big shipment of dunhills in those will go out on the website probably sometime next week which is exciting and and then of course we've got the event we're gearing up for later this month on august 26 that's from 5 to 8 p.m on the evening of august 26 2021 and our friend eric stokeby is coming by the shop he is going to bring his own fourth generation pipes and tobaccos but also will be featuring Chacombs. Nordings and Escorty pipes, and uh, in conjunction with uh, with the good folks at Orango uh, a Cigar Company, who import some of the most popular and and finest pipes in the United States. So, uh, man, really excited about it. It should be a lot of fun. Just getting geared up, man. It's going to be a fun fall. All right, man. That sounds good. Look, I'm uh, I'm excited to sit down and uh, and talk a little. Uh you know, pies and pipe tobacco with you. And this is going to be an interesting topic, man. It's a it's it's a struggle that many of us have experienced. Boy, tell me about it. <laughs> I, it, it, it. It happened again. And they say that one in five pipes this happens to, that's loose stems, man. Loose stems, it's a problem, but one that we intend to fix. <laughs> or at least to address on this week's episode of Country Square Radio. Man, that's right. Yeah, loose pipe stems. It's something that we've all, as pipe smokers, uh, dealt with at one point or another. And it's really annoying. There really ain't nothing worse than a loose pipe stem, you know. So we thought we'd talk about kind of what causes that and then some remedies for that you can try around the house to hopefully help you out with that. So a lot of folks, they've experienced these loose pipe stems. You know, they've got a pipe that is maybe one of their favorites, but they don't really smoke it anymore Mm -hmm. because it is a pipe that has a loose stem and it's just not fun to smoke anymore because of that. But they, you know, folks don't really know what to do. You've uh, reached for your favorite pipe that time. You've expected to light it up with a choice tobacco. You're excited about it, and you grab the the wooden stumble part of the stem, and the stem falls out. And sometimes even, you know, folks can buy a brand new pipe, a pipe that has never been smoked. It's new right out of the box. And a week later, the stem falls off. You know, you've done nothing but transport it from one location to another location, and all of a sudden, the, the stem doesn't fit anymore. There's nothing more frustrating than that, you know, especially after spending, you know, 100, 150 bucks on a brand new Peterson or something of that nature. So, so I, I got to ask, is a, is a pipe, especially thinking like a new pipe with a loose stem, yeah. does that make it a bad, like, is it a bad pipe 
if it's got a loose stem. No, no. Obviously, if it's not something that you can fix, then we've got a different issue and, you know, you may have to get a new stem on it. But in 98% of the cases, I'd say, you know, this is something that could easily have happened because of a change in temperature or humidity due to the shipping process, due to where you're keeping it, due to where it was kept in whatever warehouse it was kept in. I mean, there's so many different variables here that could affect this. And some of the nicest pipe makers that we've had in our in our little store will receive pipes from them occasionally. And the stems are loose and, and they might even tighten up just by sitting on the counter for a couple of days. It's the, it's the, you know, dangest thing. But yeah, it doesn't automatically mean that it's a crummy pipe. And, uh, and a lot of, a lot of times there are ways that we can kind of remedy this, you know, just by, you know, little tricks that you can do, you know, in your kitchen or in your shop or, or wherever it is. So you can buy a brand new pipe and this happens. And, you know, what's even worse is when you receive a pipe in the mail and it's loose as soon as you open it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. man, they sent me a loose pipe. Like, what kind of people were these that sent, a, you know, a lo- I, I paid good money for this pipe and they knew the stem was loose and they sent it to me like that. And I know this happens because we don't let a pipe leave our store with a loose stem, right? It's a, a something where, you know, really, you know, we just try to quality control that where for shipping you a pipe, when you open it up, we're going to give every chance to that pipe for it to, um, you know, be in perfect condition when it arrives at your doorstep. But sometimes just in the process of all the different climates and temperatures that these pipes go through, the environments they're stored in, how long it was sitting on your patio before you picked the mail up that afternoon, all these things can affect a stem that was perfectly made and it can affect, you know, ability of that stem to fit properly. So I also know it because we receive on our end, you know, uh, I'm at the at the shop and we get a big bunch of pipes in that we're really excited about, uh, you know, featuring and, and, you know, selling to our customers and um, displaying on our shelves and, you know, really proud of the uh, inventory that we've gotten. And all of a sudden, you know, you open the box and half the stems are loose on whatever this lot of pipes is. And, and it's from some of the, like I've mentioned before, some of the most well-respected pipe makers or, or carving houses in the world. So why is this happening and, and how do we fix it, of course? I wasn't, uh, this won't surprise you, I wasn't a physics major in college, and I didn't <laughs> also didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Uh-huh. But I will uh, do my best to explain kind of some of this without committing thermodynamic heresy or something. <laughs> um, you know, heat obviously expands things. When a material is heated up, Something is actually happening to it on a molecular level, which is making it expand. What's happening is the kinetic energy of a object or any kind of matter is expanded. The kinetic energy is increased when its temperature goes up. And what's happening is the little atoms and molecules that make up whatever it is, whether it's a pipe stem or air or literally whatever, as it's heated, these little atoms and molecules are moving faster and faster because they have more energy. And when that happens, the movement of these atoms and molecules, they're moving and therefore they take up more space. (laughs) It's just so crazy that you can think of it as it actually happening on the smallest of levels. And that is affecting a, uh, not just a pipe stem, it can affect a very, very large object that you talk to your local physicist about that or, or channel Albert Einstein, and maybe he could tell you about it. But that's kind of the idea. You know, you've got the kinetic energy is uh, increased in this object. 
its atoms and molecules are moving around a lot and therefore it's expanding. And so kind of fascinating. You can apply that to the whole world at large. But heat expands the stem, but it also expands the wood of the pipe too. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's a both and kind of deal. The hole that your stem fits into is called the mortise hole. And so, you know, as that part of your pipe gets hot, it's also expanding along with the stem uh, material, uh, which, you know, a lot of times the that stem material, the, the tenon is the part that I'm going to be referring to throughout this. And that's the portion, of course, of the stem that sticks into the wooden pipe. And so your mortise hole kind of contains the tenon, and that's where your pipe connects there in a, in a traditional sense. So with each pipe we sell, we tell the person to not take it apart when it's hot. And and that's really, really key, especially for a brand new pipe. There's nothing like buying, you know, a $200 pipe and then it comes back to me a week later because the stem's loose and it, and, it, and it's because the owner took the pipe apart while it was hot. Oh man, I just hate that, right? It's just <laughs> uh, just crazy. And so with each pipe we sell, we always are, are real quick to tell folks to be sure to let your pipe cool before you take it apart. And so that's the first way that this really happens. A lot of folks, what they do is they'll just take their stem apart while the pipe is hot. What's happening is the stem and the briar are then cooling at different rates. And so they start changing their shape basically as they're cooling at different rates rather than together. Ideally, the pipe and the stem should cool and shrink at the same time and at the same rate. And so as they do that, they stay connected and they stay fit more properly and tighter. And so that's kind of the first stop of why is this happening? Number two, the smoking of a pipe too hard or too fast can make it burn really hot. And so, you know, we talk about how important it is to learn how to sip your pipe, how to just kind of puff your pipe in a very small manner. And so you're enjoying it at a cooler temperature, which brings out more flavor. That's not just for the comfort of your tongue. That's also for the, you know, protection of the pipe itself. The pipe itself needs to be smoked at a cooler temperature typically in order to not just not burn out, but also to keep the stem properly fit. Anytime you have a the pipe is uh, being heated at a uh, at, at too hard of, of a temperature, what's happening is that the, the heat makes the tenon material very malleable. You know, when that tenon is stuck inside the pipe and you've got that pipe really, really, really hot, the tenon is very malleable. It's gotten, because it's so hot, it's gotten kind of mushy. And the pressure of the pipe mortise, uh, all that wood, can actually deform the stem inward and, and shrink the diameter down. It's kind of crazy. It's, uh, you know, but that ability, if you've got the pipe in there and it's that hot, it can actually mess up the shape of the tenon and create an issue of the of it being loose. So just one more reason why it's so important to smoke your pipe as cool as possible. You know, and some people love to hot box those pipes and they hit those pipes really, really hard. We all chase those big plumes of smoke, those large billowing clouds of smoke, and, and that can be really satisfying. But it's something to keep in mind, you know, if your stem's getting loose, there might be an issue there with, with you smoking your pipe too hot. And, and then another thing, and this is where it kind of comes in, like, you know, you left your pipe sitting on the shelf or you maybe left it on your front porch and uh, and then came back to it, or, you know, the mailman delivered it and it's been sitting maybe outdoors too long or in some kind of humidity, and all of a sudden the, the stem doesn't fit. Man, that just drives you crazy, right? It's like, oh, come on. Like, I didn't, I didn't hurt the pipe. I didn't take the stem out while it was hot. I didn't do anything to it. But what happened? 
happens when the temperature and humidity changes like that, the pipe material is is changing right along with it. And so that's why it's so important to keep that pipe at a, um, you know, in a relatively climate controlled environment. So a lot of folks, you know, like to keep a pipe in their vehicle or maybe in their tackle box or, you know, outdoors next to one of their favorite mm-hmm. chairs or something of that nature. And that, that that's okay, but you just need to know if you do those things, you may want to do that with a pipe that is a little less expensive, something that you uh, don't mind, you know, kind of tinkering with to to get it back in smoking condition or even replacing but something like a Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, right? So that's something to keep in mind. So what do we do, right? Our, our pipe stem is it's loose and it's not fitting properly and it's really frustrating because, you know, you might even be smoking the pipe and you're clenching it by the stem and then the bowl just falls off, which has happened before to folks and uh, is just so incredibly disappointing, you know? And so what do we do? If you are really nervous about this and, and don't think you can do you know, any of this justice, or if it's a, uh, you didn't, maybe you just don't trust yourself with, you know, fixing things like this, or, you know, maybe it's a really nice pipe or a very sentimental pipe that means a lot to you. The first step would always be to send it off to, to a bona fide pipe repair man that can take really good care of it for you um, mm-hmm. and do these things that are, uh, that you might do at home. But if it's something you really don't have a lot of room for error on because of the, uh, you know, importance of that pipe or the expense of it or something like that, Trust it with a pro. You know, we've talked before at length about our, our dear friend, Steve Log, uh, Reborn Pipes, who does a lot of work on this kind of stuff. Contact someone like him, Briarville Pipe Repair, or someone like someone like Tim West, who uh, I've used a lot to repair pipes. All good resources. There's so many great uh, pipe repair folks out there that can help you kind of, kind of navigate this. If you want to give it a shot yourself, there's some kind of quick fixes, and then there's some that are a little more intensive. And so uh, just kind of a quick walkthrough of these. The first stop you might want to try, and we've discussed this on the show before, but the first stop you might want to try is beeswax. <laughs> beeswax, it's a it's it's a natural product of the of the bee. It's not toxic. It's something that they create. You know, you can buy it online in a in a block form. I actually bought mine, the stuff I use, I bought so much of it that I've been using the same stuff I bought for years now, but uh, I got this the stuff I got at a farmer's market. You know, there's a little guy over there <laughs> selling honey, and he's also selling bo- blocks of beeswax, and I bought a... Oh, wait, was it Frank? I don't know. I mean, it, maybe. <laughs> I used to get all my honey from Frank back in Jackson. <laughs> Did you really? Man. Yeah, it could have yeah. been. I don't know. You know, back corner of the uh, of the farmer's market over there, and he's, uh, yeah. he's covered up with honey, and man, just happens to have a whole mess of beeswax, and man, it's great for repairing pipe stems, particularly stems that not super loose. These are going to be the stems that just are, are slightly loose or maybe just kind of annoyingly loose where it slips a little bit or uh, you just wish it was a little tighter. And so uh, beeswax can work great in a pinch in these situations. What, what you're doing, beeswax is kind of hard, so you kind of have to smear it. You have to work it around the stem. It's, it's kind of uh, difficult to do or can be. So you don't want, to, don't want to break the stem. Just try to do it gently. But if you'll smear it around the edge of that tenon, that portion that sticks into the bowl. And then what you do is you cram the the tenon into the pipe with that beeswax on there. What you've done is you've put that layer of wax inside there to hold the stem snug. The wax is going to keep enough pressure on the stem for it to be tight until the stem and the pipe can heat and cool enough 
together to fit properly. And so it, it's kind of like a Band-Aid, like putting a Band-Aid huh. on something until it heals, and then you can take the Band-Aid off kind of deal. Right, yeah, yeah. Your, your beeswax is kind of working similarly. So not only is the beeswax kind of melting into the wood surrounding the tenon, but but it's also allowing it to stay together enough so that the stem and the pipe, the mortise hole, can expand and contract at the same rate for long enough in order to kind of kind of get back in sync with each other. It's kind of, uh, if you can kind of imagine these uh, two two rhythms kind of syncing back up a little bit, that's really what's happening with the, with the stem and then the wood material in the pipe. So that's what the beeswax is allowing it to do. If you put beeswax on the end of that stem, that, that tenon, it's a good practice to put it on the outside of the tenon, cram it inside the pipe shank, and then don't move it. Smoke mm. it just like that two, three, maybe even four times in order to let that sweat swell and cool, swell and cool before you take it apart. So it might be a little annoying because it might get some of that wax kind of in the in there a little bit. It may kind of be hard to clean, you know, if it's a pipe that uh, won't run a cleaner all the way to the bowl. But but it's, it's real important. Just don't take it apart for the next two, three, four smokes and just let that kind of firm up in a very hot and cool, hot and cool uh, way. And a lot of times on a minor stem issue, that'll, that'll really, really help. And so it's something that can be a quick fix. And of course, it's really inexpensive. The, you know, good fix for uh, stems that are slightly loose. The second step that you might take along the road of getting your pipe stem fixed is applying some heat. The heat is what messed up the stem to begin with. Some kind of change in temperature, either smoking it too hot or taking it apart while it was hot, something of that nature. And so we fight fire with fire. If we broke it with heat, we're going to fix it with heat. (laughs) Um, You apply heat to the tenon with either a heat gun or a flame. Now, you know, most people, if you're listening to this, and, and me included, and I'm in the industry, I don't own a heat gun. That's just not something that, uh, you know, I have on my tool belt. I mean, I was assuming we're like picturing a flamethrower. Well, it, it's it's actually a heat gun. It looks like, oh, what's those, The you know, a hot glue gun? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, it kind of looks like that, but it's something that actually ejects heat, almost like a small, uh, a small focused hair dryer. They call that a ray gun, my friend. Uh, it, it it is also a ray gun. So go <laughs> go to go to your local Hobby Lobby and buy a ray gun, and then you'll have everything you need to to repair your uh, your favorite loose stemmed pipe. Yeah, you can use a heat gun. I use a flame, and and I actually a lot of people would get onto me for this, but uh, but I actually just use a bic lighter. I, it, it's something that you have to hold very far away, you know, maybe an inch and a half away from the stem in order to not burn the stem material. But if you'll just hold a, a, you know, some kind of soft flame underneath the tenon and just gently rotate the tenon around. And so imagine holding a flame like a candle uh, below a uh, the tenon of a pipe and just kind of slowly rotating it around until that tenon material gets good and warm. And, uh, and what you're trying to do is expand it back out so that it retains more of a a thicker shape. You know, we're heating it back up. Those molecules are moving faster again. They're going to naturally expand. And then when it cools after that time period, it'll have an opportunity to set and uh, and set at that wider uh, diameter. Something you might try, apply that little heat. Again, be sure not to allow the flame to contact the material, particularly, you know, ebonite or uh, vulcanite or uh, acrylic. You know, if, if you've got a lucite stem, it can, it can burn the end of the stem. It can, uh, you know, we can, we can actually destroy or cause damage to it by doing this. So you want 
to be careful. But, you know, it's something that something that you can do uh, just from a distance there. Once you get it hot, if it's a severe case, what a lot of folks do is they'll actually take the butt end of the tenon. They'll kind of smash it against a tabletop or they'll kind of press it flat against a flat surface. So, you know, imagine you kind of get the end of it uh, evenly uh, warm. It's kind of malleable at that point, And then you can kind of mush it down or, you know, just kind of press it gently down on the butt end uh, against the table in order to flare or thicken that uh, the end of that tenon up. So if you do that, it'll kind of help, you know, make that thing thicker and then allow it to be a tighter fit, you know, into your pipes. So that's that's something you can do as well. Sometimes you can actually do this too much. And so what will happen is uh, it might fit a little too snugly at that point. And so you may, you know, this is not ideal, but you may at that point have to even remove some of the material from the end of the tenon to make it fit because you got it too tight. <laughs> so you can do that by using just a very fine grit sandpaper or some folks will use a actually just a pencil, just an old number two pencil. You can use the graphite on a number two pencil to kind of uh, kind of uh, just sand away at some of the, the ebonite there to get it uh, down just a little bit. So you kind of have to tinker with it. But, but anyway, just be careful when you're using that heat to not uh, not mess up the stem. Hmm. The third option, this is a stem tightener kit. And I, I love this. This is a nifty little kit that's been on the pipe market for literally decades. And it's not not well known. It's not something you can uh, really find in many places anymore, but it was probably more re- readily available back in the 60s and 70s or something. But you use this little kit in conjunction with a heat gun or a flame or something like that. And I, I use this uh, at the shop occasionally too. This is good for uh, when pipe stems are just, you know, need a little more finesse in, in trying to get it fit. Maybe it just needs a little more expansion kind of down on the tenon towards the stem than you can get if you're just heating it up and kind of smashing it against the table. What this is, this little kit... It's a set of tapered metal dowels that come in this little set. Typically, they're kind of stored in these little wooden blocks. And so you open up the little uh, wooden block, and then there's these uh, this little set of five or six tapered metal dowels that come in this little this little set. And it's small to large, and so they come at like different diameters. And then you gently heat the pipe up, and then insert one of these little dowels into the end of the stem. And then as it is heated, you just kind of gently press it in in order to create, uh, you know, the tenon uh, to, to force it to expand. If it really needs it, if it needs a good bit of expansion, you can, you know, kind of graduate up from a smaller dowel to a larger dowel. And, and that really helps a lot, you know, because you can kind of gradually do this. It kind of gives the stem a chance to do this at a slow rate in order to, to expand out. And so you want to be careful if you use this little kit that you can find. If you apply too much pressure when that stem is hot, you can actually split the stem. You know, ebonite and and vulcanite can be a forgiving material, but it is breakable. You know, people break, you know, vulcanite stems all the time. And of course, we know that's true with, you know, acrylic stems too. They can, uh, they can just crack. And so if you do this, you want to make sure you're doing it a very, 
very slow rate, you know, make it, um, you know, just don't abuse the stem by any means. But these kits are really cool. And um, you can actually, I, I, I was just searching to see uh, where you could get one and found one at Vermont Freehand. And so oh, uh, go to Vermont Freehand, uh, you know, Steve Norris and those guys are great. They'll send one right to your door. But a cool little kit, I think it costs you 10 bucks or something. But if you are going to go that route, you just need to be careful. Maybe practice on a couple of older pipes first that you're not as uh, not as concerned about or some junk pipes or something like that. Not that there is anything as a junk pipe, but anyway, just a, just an option. I want to mention one other option, although I don't really recommend it, but some respected pipe makers use this option, and it's just something that you, you kind of have to make up your own mind if this is something you're, you're willing to do. Some pipe makers and pipe repair folks will actually take a very small amount of either clear fingernail polish or super glue, and they'll apply it to the outside of the tenon but with like a Q-tip or a little swab. The fingernail polish actually comes on a little brush, you know, so you can kind of gently brush it on to add some thickness to the diameter of the tenon. Now, th- this is an option. It's not something that I, you know, typically use. I may have used it once or twice in the in the past, but this, you know, for me is kind of a last uh, resort kind of deal. You know, again, we're talking about a chemical. And so, you know, if that gets hot enough again, you don't want to be inhaling the fumes from that or anything. But a thin layer swabbed on the diameter, the outside of the tenon, can swell it up enough to make it fit snugly into into the mortise of the pipe. The key here, the real key, is to not let the fingernail polish or the super glue get onto the end, the butt end of the tenon. You don't want that uh, material, whether it's fingernail polish or super glue, you don't want it to come in contact with the smoke. And so, as it, it, as long as you can keep it on the outside of the tenon, uh, that's kind of the gold standard. You just want to make sure that you do that. Don't get it on the butt end where the smoke is is going and that it's getting the most hot. And so, again, y- your mileage may vary. That might be something you want to try. It's not something I personally use, but it is uh, it is you know relatively common on the market. I wouldn't do that as your first stop. So just remember, when you have a loose stem, heat is what messed it up, Uh, a change in temperature, a change in environment, but it all comes down to heat. And so it's best typically to use heat to fix it. It's just something to keep in mind. uh, You got this little physics problem that you're having to deal with. And and so just a little tinkering with it, you can kind of work it back into position so that the stem and the pipe fit well together. The easiest method for minor loose stems, like just something that's very, very minor, minorly loose and kind of annoying, even to the point where you're not really willing, you don't really even want to fool with the beeswax stuff. A lot of times, if you'll just smoke your pipe, it'll tighten right back up. As you smoke your pipe the pri- at the proper rate, as long as it's not too hot, the material, both the stem material and the wood, will return to the appropriate width, and, and it'll just kind of fit back on its own just as you're properly smoking your pipe your pipe. And so if you can kind of power through, sometimes a stem will just kind of tighten back up on its own, which can be really, really, you know, frankly, a pleasant surprise. <laughs> and uh, I've got folks that will they'll have these loose stems and they'll be driving them crazy. But then after they smoke their pipe a few times, it, it just kind of fixes itself. So you might even give your pipe a chance to, to kind of work the kinks out on its own. Some good resources for this that you might just want to check out. Of course, there's so many great pipe resources on YouTube and throughout the web. 
someone who's a very well-respected uh, pipe maker, uh, Walt Kanoy, has his own YouTube channel. He's got a great little video. It's about 10 minutes, and it's just called How to Fix a Loose Stem on a Briar Pipe. Uh, very, very simple. He kind of walks through uh, some of the reasons why uh, a stem gets loose, but then shows you in real time just, you know, how he does it and just really, really handy. He actually uses a tea light, a small tea light, these little flat lights that you put in a little votive, you know, candle holder to do it because it, he can kind of keep it stable and he can, you know, use both hands and probably a really good method to use. So, uh, but anyway, I, I check that video out. Another one, Scott, better known as Aristocrat. Cobb, who we all know and love uh, in the pipe community. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to his YouTube channel, definitely want to do that. Arista Cobb Scott, he just does great work and, and is a is a well respected resource. But he's got a great video on this as well because a lot of times this happens with Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipes. You'll see they're kind of susceptible typically to temperature changes and stuff like that. And he's dealt with so many of them because he loves them and is so good at working with them that he's got some tips on this as well. So check out his video, how to type tighten or loosen a Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe stem, and that'll be a good resource for you, uh, for you too. One other, you know, earlier in the in the show, I mentioned, uh, you know, some folks that can help you fix it if you do just want to send it off to someone to fix. You know, one of those people was Reborn Pipe, Steve Log, who love him to pieces and, you know, obviously a pillar of the pipe community. But Reborn, if you go to his website, he's got a an older blog entry. I think it's from maybe 2017, but it's just called Tightening a Loose Stem. Very simple entry there, but he's got a lot of good resources on, on that as well. Take it from me. These are people that you can trust. But if you if you don't, you know, want to do this yourself, feel free to send it to someone like Steve or Briarville or, you know, some of the other great pipe repair folks out there who can help you. But anyway, just just because your stem is loose, it doesn't mean the pipe is beyond repair. Let's give it a second chance. I think we can fix it. Well, there you go. Man, I, um, you know, it's interesting. When you mentioned uh, today you want to talk about loose stems, I was like, well... Uh, I, is there a lot to talk about? And whew, I was over here taking <laughs> notes. I, I mean, like I, I know, like you said, we kind of made the joke early on. But the fact of the matter is, if you if you've if you've got more than like the one pipe you started out with, if you have something of yeah. a collection, loose stems or something that you've had to deal with it at some sort. I've got one pipe in particular which is very dear to me, and but and yet I have never smoked it. It was a gift from a pipe carver. It was one of his newer pipes that he was working on. Yeah. But and and when he gave it to me, he acknowledged this. It it has a very loose stem. Yeah. And honestly, I've been so afraid to smoke it because of just <laughs> you know, because I was worried that like, you know, I'm gonna me- I'm gonna mess it up even further. And it's like a gorgeous art piece in and of itself. And yeah. I mean like there's nothing wrong with that, with enjoying a pipe for a gorgeous art piece. But at the same time, you know, we kind of want them because we want to smoke them. <laughs> well, and, and the good thing about it and, and what might get you off your horse and finally make you smoke the doggone pipe is that that might be exactly what it needs to tighten it up. Mm, I know. I, I My mind has been blown. <laughs> I mean, you, you literally, uh, folks, uh, you know, the, the key here, though, is if, if you're hoping that just smoking the pipe is going to tighten it up, be sure to not remove the stem uh, in the interim. Make it, you know, let it sit in there for a couple of smokes in order to just give it a chance to swell and cool, swell and cool together, the wood and the and the uh, the vulcanite or the, the lucite, you know, or acrylic stem piece. You want those things to try to get in sync. And if they do, and it's not, you know, a terribly, you know, bad situation, then it might just tighten up on its own. Uh, But if if not, you might be able to use some of the other things we talked about to get you on the right path. 
All right. Well, there you go. You know, it's it's interesting. You talk about kind of the uh, expansion and contrast, right? And the various materials that uh, as you as they experience heat, they might expand, they might contrast as they go away. And, you know, one of the things that we think about, we think about pipes is all the various materials that could be used. You gave a shout out, of course, to uh, Aristocob on YouTube. And uh, of course, the corn cob pipe, great material. Corn cob, wonderful material for making a pipes. But did you know... The premier name in corncob pipes also has some premier clay pipes. Well, you do now. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about our friends from Missouri Meerschaum. That is right, man. The premier name in corncob pipes is also now the premier name in clay pipes. The merger of Missouri Meerschaum and Old Dominion Clay Pipe Company is complete, and they have done uh, such a good job of making these uh, readily available to the pipe smoking world. You can go to corncobpipe.com, and at the top, if you hover over smoking pipes and then click clay pipes, you'll see their selection of clay pipes. And it's just really nice. You can buy them either singly, you can buy a, a set of two, or you can even buy them in a set of a corncob pipe and one of their wooden pipes all bundled together. And so just a great opportunity to, to own a clay pipe. It's a piece of history. It's the best way to experience the, you know, the natural and, and, you know, most original flavor of the tobacco itself. If you're working on those tasting notes, anyway, I highly recommend you check it out. So corncobpipe.com, they'll ship it right to your front door. Yeah, and special thanks, of course, to uh, Missouri Mearsham. We appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week this week coming in from Josh, who writes in saying, Hey, Bo and John David, I was wondering if your good friends out in Missouri Meerschaum grow their own corn. Uh, do they use a specific variety to make pipes out of? Uh, do you know the variety name? Because I'd like to grow my own pipe corn next growing season. Thanks and best wishes. And that again is from listener Josh. Hey, Josh, man, so glad you asked this question because it's got a really interesting answer. Missouri Meerschaum does have their own corn varietal. Uh, my understanding is that they actually developed it in conjunction with the University of Missouri in order to, you know, to grow this specific breed of corn. They wanted to engineer this corn or, or breed it so that the cob itself was much larger, which provided for a larger canvas for this pipe the pipe that they uh, wanted to carve. And so, you know, eventually they were able to kind of tinker with the, you know, the breeding process and make their own varietal, which is uh, just really, really cool. I don't know the name of this varietal, but I know that they probably would not let you ever have it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you may have to go steal it from uh, Phil Morgan's uh, bedroom or something. I don't know. <laughs> and we don't. I was about to say, to what are you just? That, what have you but, done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, I'm sure he keeps it like in a you know envelope, the recipe or something in a um, you know envelope under his uh, you know couch yeah. or something. But this is uh, you know obviously something they're very proud of that they worked so hard to develop this variety and they use it in uh, in the majority of their cobs. So really cool. Yeah, something that rest assured that you're not just smoking any cob, but you are smoking a Missouri Meerschaum cob. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. It's just that that whole imagery of, of breaking into Phil Morgan's house to steal his I just now I envision him like waking up it. in bed and there's like <laughs> heads of corn like in the sheets and he's going, ah, ah, ah. So uh yeah, let's uh let's let's not go godfather on him. <laughs> Yeah, not a bit. <laughs> Great question, Josh. Uh, and hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, be sure to write it into the show. That's show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions. All right, so these are the getting healthy edition. All right, it's it's sunny outside. The weather is. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> it's hot outside. You know, one of the things we want to make sure that we're doing, take care of ourselves and everything as best we possibly can. Uh, you know, having a, having a healthy body and a healthy mind is the best way to enjoy your pipe. So, uh, so here we go. Uh, biking versus running. Biking. I. D- Running's just bad for your knees. It's defeatist. It, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, people that love to, you know, harm themselves or go running. I, I did, I, pick up a bike. Just go biking. <laughs> yeah, dude, listen, I, I, I do enjoy running uh, in that the sense that I hate us. it. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> I hate it, but I do it because it's, it's good for me to a le- like to an extent. You don't want to overdo it on running. I've got a buddy right now who's got some serious leg I- issues. And as he was describing it to me, I already t- I was like, you ran as a kid, right? <laughs> I was like, I, like, you didn't even have to tell me. I knew you would do track. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no. So, uh, biking, yeah, absolutely biking. All the running, running in, in moderation is, is quite good. I wish I, I just make fun of runners because I wish I was one. I'll, I'll be honest about it, but I, I, I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> I think most runners hate running. It's terrible. Uh, traditional gym or CrossFit? I, I don't ever want to belong to a cult. So traditional gym. <laughs> What did uh what, what did that episode of Parks and Rec and they asked uh, Ron Swanson if he had any history of uh family mental illness and he, uh-huh. and he, it, the way he answered was <laughs> yeah I've got an uncle that does CrossFit. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we lost yes. our CrossFit audience, but yeah, I'm gonna just go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I, neither. Uh, great outdoors works for me. I'm, I'll just I'll put it that way. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, between the two, I guess, Jim, I did. I did used to run at the YMCA, the neighborhood YMCA back in the day. All right. Climbing rope or rock climbing? I go with rock climbing. I've done that once or twice. And it's uh, yeah, it's more fun. Yeah, did you do a, did you do the wall or did you like go like rock climbing a mountain? Yeah, yeah, I've done I've done the wall, uh, and that was that was fun. The gym I went to at the time had one of those deals, and it was uh, it was kind of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've done I've done the wall uh, back at uh, my my old college. We had a wall which uh, was a lot of a uh, lot of fun. Uh, it was a it was a it was a cheap date, or so I thought, until I realized I was not very good. 
and <laughs> she got to watch me be terrible. It was and, emasculating, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I, we, we, it did not work out. Uh, thank God, because I'm married to my wife. Hero of the Bowl, George Mallory, uh, was one of the uh, famed uh, mountain rock climbers of the uh, 20th century, and uh, we did an episode on him years ago. Yeah. Um, but fascinating person who may have been the first person to summit summit Mount Everest and um, anyway, pipe smoker. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with rock climbing. There you go. No, that makes sense. I like it. Uh, and then finally, push-ups or sit-ups? Ugh. It's like, yeah, that's just terrible. Uh, it's how do you want to torture yourself, really? Yeah. I uh, know. I go with a push-up. I can, I can, I can hammer out a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which ones do I like? Neither. Which ones should, uh, do I, you know, will I do both? I mean, like, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I want I want to be good. I want to take care of the old body here. But at the same time, at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, there you terrible. go. Yeah. Those are quick fire questions. <laughs> hey, if you've got some quick fire questions for us, be sure to write them in the show. That's show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your, your thoughts, thoughts your, your comments, comments. Listener, listener feedback listener feedback this week we got one in from jp could the lakeland love hate dichotomy be due to the same gene that causes some of the population to perceive the quote soapy taste when eating cilantro anybody ever looked into this all right, now break this down for those unfamiliar. The Lakeland love-hate yeah. dichotomy. So like when, when folks refer to a Lakeland flavor in a pipe tobacco, the, the Lakeland taste, it is a very distinctive flavoring that is used uh, in the English pipe tobacco flavoring tradition. It, it, was a, it was allowed during the period when it was illegal to flavor most pipe tobaccos with or, or any pipe tobacco in England, in the UK, with any substance or with any kind of external flavoring. This is very one of the very few ways that British tobacconists could actually flavor pipe tobacco was with this kind of rose water stuff that that would give it a, a floral note. And so it's a very polarizing uh, flavoring. It's got kind of this, to me, it is like a, a soapiness, that, a soapy floralness uh, that I just, you know, would prefer to have on my hands for bath soap than I would, <laughs> than I would smoke mm, in a pipe. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's one of those things that some people crave and love. And, you know, would it be caused uh, from a gene that might be kin to uh, the, um, you know, how, how folks hate the taste of cilantro because of that uh, that same soapiness. Uh, it could be. If any of our listeners have any insight into that, you know, would that uh, is that something that uh, that could be the case? But yeah, cilantro, I, it, which is something I very much love and uh, think tastes delicious. And um, you know, but there are folks out there that have that uh, kind of predisposition to just finding it almost repulsive because of that case. And so, is the same thing happening with the Lakeland tobaccos and and those flavors from the uh, kind of rose? water essence there i don't know i don't know i'd love to i'd love to know maybe we've got a geneticist listening that we can uh we can chat with <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask is that a geneticist that would uh would be able to piece I, yeah that <laughs> I, I, yeah uh, either that or i'm sure brian levine knows he knows everything so oh he does everything know. well of course he does <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all right man next up we got in from randy who uh, writes in and says i love the last few episodes so excited to learn how i can teach my palate to enjoy more tobaccos. Brilliant. Uh, and again, that's from Randy. That's yeah, great. Thanks, Randy. We, we got quite a few messages about the uh, the Train Your Palate series and, and some follow-up questions too that may, uh, may impact a couple of episodes coming up in the future. Yeah, yeah. 
We also have one in from Mike Rise. Rise? Rise. Reyes? I don't Reyes. Know. Mike R. writes and it says, uh, Hi, I love the podcast. How do I mention that I heard about Missouri Mearsham from your podcast? Thanks. Well, Mike, one of the great things about our good friends at Missouri Mearsham is they're always listening. So you just did. <laughs> 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 but no, you know, one of the things that uh, Phil has shared with us is, you know, different pipe shows back when we had those and, and hopefully again in the future uh, conferences and that sort of thing. Uh, folks come up and tell them just they they heard about them on the podcast and they really appreciate the, them for sponsoring the show. And, you know, one of the reasons actually why we love, you know, being able to kind of partner with them in this way is that there's just good people behind the scenes there. Just really, really quality people. I remember the first time meeting Phil and his family, and I was like, man... You know, you know that there's good people in the pipe world, but you don't know that they're like that good. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like that nice. Uh, it's just really, really great folks. And so, um, yeah, you can walk up to him at uh, at a local show and uh, and introduce yourself. He's a very, very personable. And yeah, so uh, yeah, if you happen to run into him, just let him know. Do that, sure. man. Tag him on Instagram. Tag oh, him on time, Twitter. Yeah. Any any outlet that's uh, that's there. Folks are always uh, listening because the folks at Missouri Mearsham are you know intimately engaged in the pipe smoking community. So, man, great question. We appreciate you. Uh, Appreciate you wanting to uh, pass the good word along. <laughs> Absolutely, I think uh, yeah, that that's about it right there. It's a it, good episode d- diving into uh, the loose uh, loose stems, and certainly you have uh, encouraged me to to you know <laughs> pick up that pipe. That that pipe's neglected, man. Pick it up and smoke it. <laughs> I, you know, I I'm going to I'm going to this week, and I will let you know how it goes. I, I'm I'm I'm. <laughs> Is it weird that I'm still nervous to do it? Because I really do love the pipe, and I'm just worried that it's got, I'm going to mess it up since it is such a custom You're, job. Yeah, that, that's the thing is you're not going to make it worse. Smoking okay. the pipe, okay. smoking a pipe with a loose stem is not going to make it worse. So, so, so you're really just doing it a disservice by by not smoking it. Okay, all right, <laughs> sounds good. It sounds good. And it's one of these things. It's, it's a pipe that was carved from a listener, and uh, you know, if he's listening, like I said, I love this pipe. I just haven't got haven't had the opportunity because I've been a little nervous about it. But yeah, all right, it's going down, man. It's going down Time this week. Time to do week. it, man. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> we'll do. And y'all let us know what uh, y'all are up to. You can, of course, uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, John David Cole is John David at underscore Country Squire is the uh, shop. Of course, at Squire Radio is the show's handle. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. All right, brother. Well, I think that is going to do it for us for this week. So uh, man, yeah. I had fun. Have a great rest of the week. Yes, sir. Let's go have a day. See you, brother.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.